What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of BD Universe Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Chris BD Bronson, and right now we are tuned in for episode six. That is right, episode six. I want to thank everybody who's rocking with me, who's listening on Spotify and the Anchor app. Man, it's been a blessing. This thing has been fun. I love doing these podcasts, man. I feel so uh, alive and, and just energetic when I'm done with it. That's one thing about when you start doing something you love doing, you like creating content. And I like giving you guys stuff that y'all can listen to. Like, you know, people have told me to listen to it on their way to work. You know, they just listen to it just to chill, cleaning the house, man. I appreciate it. And right now, man, like I said last week, this week I was going to be doing a Q&A. Y'all get to know, uh, know a little more about me. You got some insight. I got some pretty good questions. You guys are coming up with some good stuff, man. I appreciate it. And uh, without further ado, man, this is a... Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, first question here. Let me see here. Is uh, okay. Here we go. What does BD stand for? All right. God know it's episode six. I'm just now telling y'all what BDs means. All right. So pretty much it all started when I was introduced to this amazing couple called uh, by the name of Johnny Tanisha Moreno. Um, they're in the financial uh, industry. And I was working with them, and um, they called their little group, they called their team the Dynasty. But literally, like, probably like a few months before I started working with them, I started calling my family Bronson Dynasty. And because um, I was just, me and my wife, we were just kind of on this whole enlightenment thing. We're like, you know, we got to start building something for our family, make it a legacy. And we're like, nah, man, we're Bronson Dynasty. We're telling all our kids, you know, because they were getting a little older and they were like in elementary and like, and, um, I was telling my oldest son, like, you guys are looking out for your sister and protected her because they're walking to school and stuff. So I was like, hey, look, man, it's the dynasty. You got to look out for the dynasty. And so um, we, when we joined their team and, you know, he would he would just refer to me as Bronson Dynasty. That's what I referred to me and my wife, you know, we're a tag team, we're Bronson Dynasty. And then he just shorted up. He just like, yo, BD. And like, it just stuck. And he's literally been calling me BD for like four or five years now. And it just stuck. And it's an easy stage name. It's a like, hey, comedian BD. You know, like uh, DC Curry, you know, just or DC Youngfly, whatever. It just, it just it just flowed. So the, that's what the BD stands for, Bronson Dynasty. And Bronson's the last name. And Dynasty is what I'm trying to build for my family. So there it is, you know. Um, Another question is, uh, how did you and your wife meet? Now, the simple answer, we met in, we met in high school. But I like giving y'all the meat and giving y'all all the juicy details. So this is how we really met. All right. So basically, we went, we went to high school together. My wife, she was older than me. I think I met her my, I want to say sophomore year in high school. She would be a junior. Now, back then in high school, listen, my wife was a 10. My wife had all the dudes on her. Like, I met her, but I didn't even try to pursue her because I'm like, ain't no way. I'm an overweight dude, cockeyed, glasses, sweat too much. She ain't even looking my way. They didn't even, they didn't even cross my mind to talk to her. But, like, but I made her laugh. I was the funny dude, you know, so, like, she would keep me around. Like, I was kind of... I had no game, but she kept coming around because we had we ran in the same group of friends. But I was the funny dude, so like it was cool. So that's, that's how we met. We met in school, but like 
I was always attracted to her, like no, no cap, always. Wife was, wife is fine, still is. Always was attracted to her, but like pretty much so. How we met was it's a very complicated story, but how we really met, like yeah, we were in school, but the juice of the detail is I was trying to get with her sister, who was my age, Shamora. Now, I just name dropped. I told myself I need to stop. I need to stop name dropping. It's too late now. Cat's out the bag. So I was trying to get with her. She was giving me no play. Because she was a 10 as well back in high school. She was a 10. Sister was a 10. And I'm like a three and a half on a good day. You know, when I aren't my clothes. So she was getting all the looks from all, you know, the varsity athletes, all the mother dudes, like pretty boys. I'm She ain't looking nowhere in my direction. So, and then, so my wife, Alicia, she was telling me like, yo, like, what you got to do, try to talk to girls, try to get one of them. She was trying to give me, she was really giving me game. But when you're so naive, you don't even pay attention to none of the game. And yeah, so, you know, a few years later, then she finally, okay, look, nigga, you stupid. This, I'm trying to get at you. What you, what you, what you trying to do? And, you know, long story short. But yeah, we met in high school. I was trying to date her sister. And God intervened, you know, amen. Um... So else we got on here, man? That was that was a good question, man. That was a good question. Um, it says, uh, "When did you first get into comedy? When did I first get into comedy? Well, I've always been like the funny kid because being I was so insecure about being overweight, um, and like I said, my eye was um, I have a lazy eye, and I was, which I know for how Forrest Whitaker could look, how his eye looked. That was my eye pretty much my whole life until. I got the corrective surgery and I got glasses. So when I have my glasses on, my eyes are looking both looking straight. While I take my glasses off, my eye becomes lazy and it, and it wanders. Um, so being that how these things against me, and I know how kids are cruel back in the day. Like bullying now is like a big thing, just because we have social media. But bullying has been going on for life, and I was getting bullied a lot. So what I would do is I would always joke make a joke of myself first or point out something funny about somebody else to make other people laugh to take the focus off of me so that's how i always got into being like the class clown being funny but when i first stepped on the stage doing actual comedy i was in eighth grade and it was a talent show and i did a little comedy set and i killed like i, I murdered i i had the whole school dying and, um, but it was kind of deep and kind of dirty because, like, they didn't give out on a winner because they didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So everybody won. It was like 10, it was like five or six um, contestants, but everybody won. And I'm just like, I clearly had the biggest applause out of everybody there. Because what they did is everybody went up, then they brought us all out, and they went one by one to say who was the, you know, Make some noise for so-and-so. I clearly got the loudest round of applause. They said, yeah, you know, everybody's a winner here. I'm like, what? Everybody's a winner? Like, no, I came here to win. I came here to beat them. Like, no, there's no equal playing field because their dance routine sucked. And so-and-so can't sing that good. But my comedy, I hit on every joke. So I was like, okay, bet. I got y'all. So that's when I first got into comedy, man. I did another comedy thing. Um... It was a it was a it was a beauty pageant. It was a male beauty pageant at my my high school. It was called Mr. CCHS. 
and I went to that my senior year. It's the first time doing it. Again, you got they had like a swimsuit competition. They had like um, formal attire, sportswear. But me being funny, so like the swimming attire, they all dudes. They came out there, you know. They had like the um, the swim trunks, the shirt off, and flip flops. Got the little baby oil on. Me, I came out there with a floaty that didn't fit. Okay, uh, I had the goggles on, and I had like a cut off sleeve shirt. But I had to slit down the middle. So when they said Chris Bronson, I walked in the middle. I had my little uh, flip flops on and my little bootleg swim trunks. And when I got to the middle of the stage, I spread open the split in my shirt to show my stomach. Whole crowd started dying laughing. I'm like, that was creative because I'm like, hey, listen, I ain't got no abs. I got this one big old gut. And y'all going to see all this. You feel me? You're going to see all this. So did that. Got to the talent part, did another comedy set, murked it. I ended up winning the uh, the Mr. CCHS, and I did so good that they brought me back the following year just to fill time. They gave me like a five-minute set just to fill time. So I've always been into comedy, but my first time was at a school talent show in the eighth grade that they played me. They didn't let me win. I'm still kind of upset about that. Um, now it says here, what was your first passion you know what? My first passion was rapping. First passion was rapping. And it's crazy because looking back at it now, I started rapping. I think I wrote my first rap when I was like 12 years old. And Lil Bow Wow just hit the scene. Like Bounce With Me was my was my jam. Like I was the biggest Bow Wow fan until I was probably about 15, 16 years old. Like I'm not even going to lie. No cap. Bow Wow was the man to me. So... He came out. I'm looking at. I'm in my room. And I'm looking at. I'm watching. Um, I think it was watching MTV, seeing his video, and I'm just like, "Yo, this little boy, 12? What? I'm like, I'm, 12. I'm like, I'm, I'm about to be 13. I'm like, I can do this. I can write a rap. So I penned my first rap. I don't even know what it was. It wasn't good, but I started rapping. I had my little book of rhymes and stuff. I carried it around in school. Like I would write. I got better and better and better. My first passion was rap, and I wanted to be a rapper. Like, I really wanted to be in rap, and what did I do here? Okay, so after um, when I was rapping, and, and I was 12, 13, when I was heavily involved in church, in my youth group, I started rapping, became a Christian rapper. So I would flip, I would take instrumentals. This is back when we had LimeWire. And you could just download. So I would type in like the hottest song at the time and get the instrumental and I put it on the CD. And I would write raps to it. Like I'm telling you, full songs, like three verses, hooks, bridges, everything. I would perform them on Wednesday nights or I would do it like on a youth service on a Sunday night. And I remember I'm really sitting there like, yo, man, I could do this. I could be great. This is going to be great. And then like, I got married at 19, and I was like, all right, this rapping ain't paying these bills. Like, I'm good, I'm nice, but being nice at rap right now ain't paying this rent. You know, I got infamous, I need formula, I need diapers. So, like, kind of just pushed that to the side and just started uh, just working, you know, be, becoming an adult, you know, just falling into the everyday struggle and the, you know, the hardships of life. So I kind of gave that up, man, but... I find something else. I'm into comedy, man. Creating content for you, got for you guys. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, so what is your dream job? 
my dream job would have to be no outside of the entrepreneurship if i were just like working for a company i would say to do what i was doing before which was working with nickelodeon doing live stage shows because we had like a little snippet of that it was um i used to work with at the marriott and we had uh nickelodeon partner with them to do this thing called uh the nickelodeon getaway which was like it's an upgrade you could do for like your weekend stay with your kids so like you pretty much got Dora the Explorer and uh, SpongeBob SquarePants in the lobby and live in the costumes. You know what I'm saying? The good costumes. You couldn't tell there was a person there. It was like a real costume. You really thought Dora the Explorer was in the lobby. So when you come in, you see Dora, you see SpongeBob, we take photos with them. And then, like, we give you an invite. Hey, man, come on out to the character breakfast tomorrow. So Saturday morning, 7.30 and 8.30 or whatever, it's a character breakfast. Like, the characters are out there to get some buffet play games with the kids and there's arts and crafts um then there's two live shows right in front of the pool so we got like some big things so we're doing two live shows i was the host so i was like emceeing and like we were playing games with the kids i literally got the slime kids and pie in the face for a living and at the time i was making like four or five dollars above minimum wage because it was entertainment so they were, they were paying us more but yeah i would probably like to do something like that man they wanted me to go on um, the Nickelodeon cruise. Like I said, I was probably like 22, 23 at the time when I had this job. But I was, um, it was a six-month commitment, and you're on a boat for six months. And I just like, you know what? I got my wife and kids. I can't just be gone. And my wife was pregnant at the time. I was having my, uh, my youngest son. And I'm like, I can't just pull myself away to be gone for six months. I just couldn't do it. But yeah, that would be my dream job. Probably working with Nickelodeon again, doing something in entertainment, man, because I like making kids happy. It's, well, his, that's crazy. Like, I don't really like kids, but I like to make them happy. Unless when that's like, if I'm getting paid to make them happy, just, just be clear. I'm um, just making kids happy on my own. I'm like, you know what? I don't really like y'all niggas right now. Um, please get out of my face. Anyway, I digress. Uh, next question. It says, um, how do you balance being a husband and a father? You don't. <laughs> there is no balance. There is no balance because you're dealing with multiple personalities. Um, me, I got three kids. All three individuals all going through their own things. I'm going through my own stuff. My wife's going through her own stuff. So there is no balance. It's like if I want to spend time with my wife, spend too much time with my wife, I start neglecting my kids. So like you kind of just got to get in where you fit in. One day... My oldest son gets more attention from me than the next thing my daughter does. It's like, it's up and down. It's a constant battle. You know, I've been married 12 years. My kids range from the ages 13 to 9. And it's a constant learning curve, man. It's a constant learning, constant involving. You don't balance it. Like, it's... To me, I haven't seen anybody who balance, who's balanced in it. You know, but people. some people are better than others. But I'll tell you right now, I don't got it all together. I'm still trying to figure this thing out, man. So, um, yeah, that's I have no balance. Um, next question is, um, who is your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush. That's um, dang. Okay, I'm trying to think, man. Um, everybody said Beyonce or Rihanna. I wonder. You know what? 
I would say my celebrity crush is Chloe Bennett from uh, Marvel's Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. She plays the role of Quake, a.k.a. Daisy Johnson. She, Yeah, that would be my celebrity crush. That's my celebrity crush. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I seen her, I think it was like the first couple minutes in the show I seen her, I could say I continue to watch the show because I thought, because I'm like, oh man, that's a crush right there. Like I like her. I kept watching it for her, but then the show digressed, and I like the show and all the characters and what's going on that. So yeah, Chloe Bennett from uh, Ages of Shield is probably, is probably my celebrity crush. Um, next question is, uh, why did you get married so young? Because I can mind your business, nah, but um. I got married so young. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of different factors, and uh, one being, I was my mom put me out um, when I was eight. When I graduated high school, it's gonna be like a month after I graduated to really um, get my stuff together and get out. And um, really, I moved in with my girlfriend. I went to my now my wife moved in with her. She had a little apartment. And it was more of, because pretty much, it's like this. We were playing house. You know, we were living together, you know, having sex, whatever. I'm playing the, I'm playing the part. Like, you know, raising raising kids, you know, I'm going to work, breaking off with the check, putting groceries, like doing all these things. So when I made the decision, I'm like, you know what? I want her to be my wife. It wasn't really a transition for me because I was already doing these things. And... The reason why I got married so young is one because um, knowing that I didn't have my father in my life, I made a vow when I was like 12, 13 years old to myself. I'm like, yo, if I ever get in a relationship and there's kids involved, I'm going to do what I got to do on my end. So when I proposed to her, I wasn't thinking about what other people would have to say. I'm just like, yo, I love this girl. Um... Um, we already act like we're married. Just, just go ahead and complete the process. And everybody else is like, dude, you dumb as hell. Like, you're you're 18, 19 years old, not even a year removed from high school, and you're like, you're getting married. Like, you don't know anything about life. They're they're right. I didn't know anything about life. I didn't know about taxes. I didn't know about how to like, get an apartment because we already she already had the apartment, so I didn't really know how to do anything else. I didn't know nothing about credit. I didn't even have a driver's license at the time. It was a mess. It was a total mess, but that's why I got married so young because I didn't, I didn't see my age as a hindrance. I saw it as I love this girl, um, and I'm going to be with her, and regardless of what anybody has to say, so I could care less what somebody got to say. So that's why I got married so young because I, I just didn't really care about other people's opinions. Um, another question here. Okay, this is a good one. This is a good one. It says. Do you feel like you missed out on life being married at 19? At first, I did. Because when I was going through, when I was 19, got married, I went through a rough transition, you know, like uh, lost my job, had to move in with the in-laws, being homeless and stuff like that. Like, And I saw my other friends starting to excel or they're out partying, doing this, doing that, want to invite me out, but I can't because I got to watch the baby and stuff like that. So at first I did feel like I missed out, but then just talking to my good friend, um, Harry, 
a few weeks ago, we're just reminiscing on like our high school days. And I realized I did so much partying in high school that I'm like going to the club scene, you know, when you're in your twenties, I wasn't really for it. I'm like, man, I ain't trying to pay no money, go to no damn club. And like, you got to buy the drinks. I'm like, nah, man, like going back, just, just reminiscing over what the, how much partying I did in high school. I'm like, no, we're good. I had a good run. You know, we had a good run. You know, me and my homeboy, Dimitri, you know, the Neos, holla back. You know, we don't really talk about it much, but that Neos was our clique. And we partied back in the day. So, like, I don't feel like I missed out on much, man. Um, everybody has their thing. Cause another reason why I don't feel like I missed out, because I have uh, several of my friends tell me that they want what I have. You know, a girl, a girl they know they can come home to every night. Don't got to worry about no outside kids or cheating because i know multiple a lot of my friends are divorced or on their second marriage and we're just now turning 30 you know or they got multiple kids with different women because they just couldn't get it together so like i'm i don't think i missed out on much man you know yeah like i'm i'm fine with it i'm totally fine with being married at 19 and living my life with this woman and raising my family so it's totally fine um See, what's the next question here? The next question is, says, uh, why didn't you just pay your traffic tickets? Man, honestly, because like I said in the, other, in, the, uh, in the previous podcast, man, I really didn't think they was going to do nothing. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I was young. And I'm like, they're not going to do anything about it. It's just some stupid tickets, whatever. Nah, man, like I got, okay, let's see. The first ticket I got was a, oh, it was a failure to use a signal. Cause my um my back tail my back signal light was out and I didn't know. I flicked the thing, but it didn't it wasn't working. So it's gonna be a fix it ticket. So when I went to go to the court, I guess something happened to my car in between me going to court. So I had to take the bus, and the bus was like a two and a half hour ride. And now, okay, so this is what it was. I was all prepared to take the bus to court that day, and I was getting ready to leave. Then my wife, she's like, oh, I'm coming with you. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go to court. But she didn't want to stay at home by herself. So I'm like, oh, come on. But she took too long to get ready, so I missed that bus. Now, the next bus came like 20 minutes later, but I was going to be late to court. So I'm like, whatever, I'm going to be late. I just ain't going to go. Screw it. They ain't going to do nothing about it, whatever. No, they did. They did do something about it. I got a failure to appear. So what would have been just to fix a ticket, just go get it like a little bub for like 10 bucks, fix my backlight, bring them the receipt, whatever. They would have knocked it off, paid a little $10, $15 fee and been done. So I think it could have been done for like 20 or 30 bucks would have been done. But since I didn't go to court, the ticket was like $150 on like regular price. Then it was a $300 fee for not coming to court. So that got added on. Whatever. I'm still driving. Got a speeding ticket. Like two, three hundred dollars, whatever. I'm still driving. Get another uh, ticket. This time for um, suspended license being suspended, not knowing because I didn't pay my first ticket, so I suspended my license. Get that and no registration. I got multiple no registrations, no insurance, no travel suspended license tickets. Got plenty of those. Got cars towed. It's one of these days. I got to recount the whole thing of what happened but yeah that's why i didn't pay my ticket man i didn't think i was so naive i really didn't think 
the government or the state was going to do anything. Now that I'm a grown man and I know the government going to get their money. The city going to get their money. The state going to get theirs. You owe um, uh, the state some money. Oh, they going to get theirs. Regardless. I don't care. You just started a job. You only make it $200. They going to take 25% of that off top. Then you're going to get taxed. And then you get what's left. I'm telling you, they do not care. They are ruthless. They're going to get their money. They're going to get their money. All right. Man, okay. Let's get like a little lighthearted question in here, man. Let's see here. Uh, who named your kids? You or your wife? Uh, the both of us. My wife named uh, our oldest son. Um, she named our daughter after her best friend at the time. And, um, I named my youngest. I named my youngest. Um, I was going between, should I name him, um, she'd be a Chris Jr. Or his name, current name now, Cameron. And the reason why I named him Cameron, because I didn't want a Chris Jr. Because I didn't, I didn't have my life together at that point. I'm like, I don't want to like put that on him. And then my wife there was a lot of Chris's or she already had like a Chris and a little Chris and her family. So I'm like, I ain't going to get all the Chris's like, oh, it's whatever. So he's going to be Cameron. And uh, so, yeah, that's what that was. But I did do the middle names. My daughter, funny story about my daughter. Okay. So me and my wife, I wanted to name my daughter Ariel. I did. I just always like wanted to name her Ariel. But my wife was like, I want to name her Ashley after her best friend. I'm like, okay. Cool, there's a meaning behind it. I know y'all are super tight. I get it. But I said her middle name, let's name her Mary Lee. Because my grandma's first name was Mary, Mary Madison Fulton, and she passed away. Then her grandma, at the time, I think she had just passed, and her name was Bertha Lee Manny. So I'm like, yo, let's take my grandma's first name, your grandma's middle name, Mary Lee, have that be her middle name. We both agreed on it. It was cool because I had meaning to it. Significant meaning to strong black women in our lives. We're going to put that name on our daughter. It was going to be great. So in the hospital, wife has the baby. Um, the next day, uh, I think I go to get her something to eat. And I come back. And she already signed the paperwork for the name. I don't think nothing of it. And then something told me, like, yo, just look at the paper. I said, oh, let me see. And she changed her name from Mary Lee to Monet. That's what she wrote down. I'm like, yo, why is her middle name Monet? She's like, I like the way it sounds. I'm like, what the, f what? Like, we already talked about this. We already agreed upon this. But I was so furious that I just let it slide. I'm like, I don't even care anymore. Like, I can't even trust. I was so, I was overly dramatic. I was like, I can't even trust you. I was just like, no, baby, you can change. I'm like, it's already written down. The nurse is looking at me like, no, it's not, it's not an issue. We could just cross it out. I'm like, no, the damage has been done, okay? You got to live with that name the rest of your life. And right now, my daughter hates her middle name. She does not like it. She's like, oh, my God, why would you guys have to put my middle name on the school forms? Because, like, when she gets stuff from the office, it has her middle name on it. I'm like, because they asked for your middle name. She's like, no, but I don't like it. Like, why? Oh, my God. Like, I don't like it. But she hates when people find out her middle name. I don't know why, but she just don't like it. So yeah, we both we both named our kids. Uh says here, it says, Do you believe that you can be a Christian 
and still produce content for the masses? Good question, because I know um, people struggle. I know I know certain believers they struggle with reviewing things or seeing things that are built for the masses because they say they want to quote unquote protect their eyes and protect their ear gates, which I do understand. But at the same time, I I believe that you could be Christian and something can have a message or a godly message in it without being explicitly Christian, which means um, you don't have to just watch faith-based movies to get your movie quota for the year. Or you don't have to just watch like Touched by an Angel to get certain programs or Seventh Heaven or whatever. But you can actually watch other content because people, if you really look at content in movies and television, yeah, the stuff, the imagery in it is really geared towards how the world is going right now. I honestly believe like in the Sodom and Gomorrah days, <laughs> right now the way America is going. But I honestly do believe you could be a Christian and still produce content for the masses. How you do that is don't try to focus on the super, uh, the super Christians because it's never going to be right for the super Christian. It's never going to be right. It's like, oh, you said Jesus too much. Or you didn't say Jesus enough. Or I have I have people right now in my life who don't listen to my podcast because I say the word nigga. But they're supposed to be supporting me in everything I do. But I said nigga. I'm like, I say nigga talking to you and you don't say nothing. But then I say it on my podcast. It's like, nah, we're good. I'm like, really? I'm like, so what it is, you can still produce content for the masses what happens is because like you're not going to hit with everybody and you have to be okay with that knowing that not everybody's going to rock with you not everybody's going to follow your lead and what you do they're just going to people going to judge you regardless when I first started doing the podcast I first started doing content online people in the church like they love it say they encourage me but I still get those those things like ah don't say this don't say the nigga so much or don't be so aggressive. I'm like, first of all, mind your damn business. If you don't like it, you don't gotta watch it. You're not a you're not a um an Instagram police. Like, who are you? I don't critique you on what you're doing. Just do you. I'ma do me. But people are gonna the people are gonna judge, people are gonna comment, they're gonna nitpick at whatever you do. So you still have to produce the content with your message getting out and Yes, you still have your Christian values, but yes, you have to understand that Christians are flawed. That's what I try to tell people. Just because you say you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus, doesn't mean you're perfect. Only perfect person was Jesus. We all fall short from the glory of God. That's what it says in the Bible. So once we get to the point where people understand that just because you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus, does not mean that you are beyond fault. We all have our flaws. Like we all mess up on a daily basis. And he who is without sin cast the first stone. So a lot of people ain't gonna like this podcast. A lot of people ain't gonna like the content I start putting out. It is what it is. Everybody's gonna like my comedy. It is what it is. I'm at the point now where I'm okay with that. And if you don't like it, don't tune in. Cause I got plenty of other people who 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 like it. And I'm gonna gain more followers and more fans. As I get better and as I go on. So, yes, I do believe you could be a Christian and still produce content for the masses. Um, 
Okay, here. Um, what's the weirdest job you ever had? The weirdest job. I've had a couple. I, I want to say I had weird jobs. No, I take that back. I do. I had this one job. I think I worked it for like three days. It was super sketchy. Um, I worked with this guy who was under the table. Who, what did he do? Oh, he set up Christmas decorations at like hotels. So like if you go into a hotel around Christmas time, you see those big old like 20, 30 foot trees. He's the one, his company pretty much did that. And so we were taking the Christmas decorations down and putting them in storage. So all like the the reefs and all the 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 the, uh, the lights and stuff, we would go in these hotels and we would take them down. And it wouldn't have been so bad, but like we were doing a fresh, like we come out of school, work like four or five hours a day, so it's probably like four to eight. But then like, yeah, it was me and my friend Mike, and we were like, um. We were like 16, 17, but he's having us drive basically a U-Haul. And he's like just following us in his car, but there's not enough room in the truck for us all to sit. So like one of us is like hanging onto the back of like the truck. It is dark, it's late, and like it was just bad. Like we weren't we weren't really getting breaks. And it it was just it was really sketchy because like now we're just going to like this unmarked place to put the uh the Christmas decorations back in this storage like this big storage unit but like it's like it's some abandoned warehouse like in the boonies like all on the cut I'm like dude you don't got like a a, 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 a storage unit somewhere where like there's other storage units close to it so I realized I don't feel so sketched out it was like an unmarked truck it wasn't like an actual U-Haul it was like a it looked like a U-Haul but it was just a white truck and I was like dude like you have no company name on here I'm like are you really taking this stuff down or what's going on? So that was a weird job. That was my weirdest job. I think we worked it for like three days and we just stopped showing up. We're like, nah, bro, this is, this ain't it. This ain't it. It was working just too hard. Like we wouldn't get, like I said, we wouldn't get breaks. Like we'd be working and then like, we just work. I'm like, dude, I know I'm supposed to get a 10, like child labor laws or whatever. Like I'm 16. Like let me sit down for like 10, 15 minutes. Like. You don't got no water or nothing. He's like, hey, you can't be walking around the hotel. I'm like, dude, I'm looking for a water fountain. I'm thirsty. Leave me alone. That was my weirdest job. Um, what's the worst job you ever had? Wow. I've had some bad ones. Worst job I ever had. How's my last job? Yeah, my last job. I just recently left my last job and, uh, yeah, it was it was bad. It started off good, you know. You you start something new. It's all excitement, and that I that carries for about six months. And then after those first six months, it wore off. It was all down here from there. I've been there for I was there for over two years, and it was just it got to the point where I was just agonized going to work. Um, what made it okay? This is what made it so bad. What made it so bad was. The fact that I was in a leadership role, but I wasn't allowed to lead. But I took all the blame for when stuff didn't get done because I wasn't allowed to lead. It was like a, it was a weird thing, man. And it was a constant shifting of people. People were constantly quitting. Um, 
And pretty much people were constantly quitting. And I would always have a new team I had to train. And then, like, my support, my support, the other managers, they would just work mornings and they will leave me on the night shift when I saw in the rule book or, like, the employee handbook where it says all managers are required to work a minimum of two nights, two closing shifts per week. But they weren't close. They were, my other managers weren't working their closing shifts. They would work straight openings, and then I would work straight nights. So I'm doing all. I was the key holder, so I had to lock the restaurant and do all that. But I'm like, yo, like, I'm on closing. If y'all close it too, like, that I was promised. Okay, we're gonna take you off closing. We'll give you some openings. We're gonna give you some mid shifts. Once we get in, once we promote somebody else, we promote somebody else, and it was like, no, nah, you still on close, like. It just got annoying when you would when you're the closer. Uh, it started off like this: I was working mornings and mid shifts, and then one of the guys who was like the main closer, we we're about to promote this guy, and he said he's going on vacation with his family. He needs a week off. We're like, cool. I said, hey, they came to me like, yo, Chris, I need you to help me out for this week because we're just kind of short staffed, and he's going on vacation. Can you help like just with closing until he gets back? Cool. Well, the thing is, he never came back. He had gotten into a car accident and like he just he couldn't get to work, so he had to quit. And let's just say that's that started in April when I started closing. And then I literally have been on closing shifts. That was like April of 2018. And I've been on closing shifts up until last week. So November of 2019. I was on closing shifts every single day. 10 to 12 hour days every day it got annoying finally got fed up and i was out so that was my that was my worst job i'm not gonna say the name it was um yeah i'm not gonna say the name they don't they don't need that much clout best job i ever had hmm best job i'm trying to think you know what? yeah working for nickelodeon man that was my best job that was really dope it was really dope. Met some great people. Um, I still follow some of the people to this day. Shout out to uh, to, to the whole Team Nick squad. You know, people, they got married, you know, having kids. You know, this this was probably like eight to ten years ago. And, yeah, so it was it was cool, man. So, yeah, that was my best job, man. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, Team Nick. Team Nick rocks. Love y'all. So without so that's all I got planned for y'all today. I gave, like I said, I gave you some great questions. I uh, hope y'all learned a lot about your boy. But hey, once again, I want you guys to go ahead and follow me on on Facebook at BD underscore universe and on Instagram at BD underscore universe. I'm working on some content, trying to create some skits for you guys. Um, hey man, hey, keep me in prayer. Keep my family in prayer. And I'm about to give y'all the funny man. I love y'all. I holla.